In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing. You maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a disgrace, and I'm Evan. I watched this show, and, <laughs> and I'm Ronnie. You would, you would, you would think I wouldn't have to say that on this podcast where we watch television shows. Or let's, Andy, what is this show about? What is or what, this ending pending? What what do well, we do here? Ending pending is a podcast where we review. Television shows that have only lasted for a single season. If you can tell by those introductions, (laughs) we're currently definitely all of us watching The Cape. That was on NBC. It was on NBC. In 2011. Yep. Yep. Or Uh, maybe only Ronnie is watching it. Maybe only Ronnie. And and possibly uh, one other person. And thank goodness that we have one other person. Uh... The uh, former host of Enter the Cage and current host of the music history podcast, Satan and Rainbows, Mr. Nate Treese. Hi. Hey, gang. Thank you so much. Welcome. Welcome, Nate. Nate, we are leaning on you (laughs) so far. So we've heard from Andy. Andy, it does not seem like they have watched the cape. Evan. Yeah. Everyone's on blast. Everyone's on blast this week. You watch? Do you watch Cape? No. no. So 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 we're so we're leaning on you, Nate. We're leaning on you. Great. I love that segment at the beginning of all of your episodes where you ask each other if you watched the show that you're supposed to be talking about. That's my favorite part. Did you fucking watch the show? Did you? Hey, Nate. Did you watch the goddamn show? I did. Then and now. Yeah. Nate is, uh, I have, I never have seen this show before. I watched it now. In in my defense, in my defense, Nate watched it then and now. Ronnie watched it now, but not then. I watched it then, but not now. And then Evan watched it zero. We're like, I watched it never. We're we're like some sort of beautiful, uh, some beautiful, uh, art piece. We're a Punnett square. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, this is the perfect Punnett square. Of watching or not watching. It's almost better it happened this way. Yeah, it was definitely intentional. Please explain yourselves, though. Okay. Uh, Um, I mean, we just didn't watch the short version version of the story. The short version of the story is we had a lot of obligations, and our poor little brains got very scrambled, and we did a big, we did a big fuck up. Hey, we watched the Mandalorian though. This yeah, (laughs) (laughs) everybody did killing it. There's yes. a lot on Disney Plus, okay? We got thing. distracted. Here's the thing. Life sometimes has to come first, and True. sometimes the Force has to come first. Um, though I don't... Are there even Jedis? Who knows? Um, a, on the Mandalorian. A, oh, wait, I was uh, about to spoil the whole thing. I'm going to bite my tongue. Don't spoil it. Yeah. We're not here to spoil the Mandalorian. Um, to be clear, we did not deliberately watch the Mandalorian <laughs> instead <laughs> of this <laughs> show. We it wasn't, whole a, we whole ass forgot it that wasn't, we had to do this. It thing. wasn't like it was like oh we could watch the Cape, but I remember no. it being really bad. Let's just watch Pedro Pascal punch aliens I, in the throat. I love the idea of you turning on the TV, intending to watch the Cape, accidentally watching two episodes of the Mandalorian, be like, Disney Shit, wait, what did we just say? Well, I can I can totally imagine searching online for the cape and being like, here's something that's good that has 
a cape in it that isn't the cape per <laughs> se. It sure has a cape. <laughs> so before we get into the cape, though, I have a bit. <laughs> a patented bit. I came prepared. I did my homework. Yes. And <laughs> oh, well, I mean. <laughs> you put your name on the sheet. You Okay, you, you know what? Andy actually prepared a bit. And let's not shit on Andy right. for not doing the show part when they did the bit part. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and my bit is, uh, I think, for specifically for Nate, but I guess everyone can weigh in. What is something you learned from your time in a weird religious institution? Because that's where I met Nate. And I'm mm. sure if anyone can make this mm. funny, it's Nate. Well, let's see. Huh. What did I learn I mean, never, never involving me, certainly, but a lot more fucking is happening at those institutions than you think. That's true. At, at, at leadership meetings, they used to always talk about uh, the rise of lesbianism on East Campus. Oh, yeah. I do remember that, that they thought there was some kind of mordor of lesbianism happening across the We had to pray over East Campus because of all the lesbians. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, the big thing I learned at Liberty University was uh, that Dungeons and Dragons is infinitely better while you're drinking. Because I played all through freshman and sophomore year without drinking. And then I got invited to Andrew Prime's house with uh-huh. Nate. And that's where all the sin happens. Oh, and hell we yeah. would drink and play D&D. Mm. Uh, I learned a weird thing. It wasn't super recently, but it is weird. The uh, the priest at my uh, like hometown church growing up, the church that's attached to the Catholic school that I went to, he's authorized to do and does perform exorcisms. Oh, mm. that's a fun bit of hometown gossip. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's oh. my weird religious institution uh, nugget. I thought you were gonna say what I what happened at my uh, home church where the priest. Um, who was our hometown priest uh, was transferred from another church for reasons that you transfer Catholic priests oh. from church to church. Oh, oh, uh, oh. and I know oh. what you're asking. That's much worse. I know that you're asking, did they place him in charge of the altar servers? And you're darn tootin' they no, did. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was an, al- I was an altar server. Learned it. No, it was, it was bad times. Uh, did, uh, there was never any issue. Um, that does not minimize what happened before that. Uh, but yeah, real weird times in that St. Michael, the archangel. Oof. Wow. Oof. 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 Yikes so, on bikes. So if you can tell by this introduction, <laughs> Nate, and I, Nate and I met at Liberty University's, uh, comic book club. Yeah. Where, Nate, did you have a position or were you just like the Muppets heckling? Oh, uh, were you just Statler and Waldorf? Was that your position? Uh, yeah, I, Jake and I would alternate Statler and Waldorf duties. Uh, sometimes I would set him up. Sometimes he would set me up. Um, yeah, I I mean, I think I the first year, I think I was the fucking uh, vice president. Maybe does that sound right? Does that sound like something? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, that sounds right. I, I feel like I had a, a title like the first year. And then after that, I just would like show up to the club council meetings and like dick around um, and like, hey, what up? Yeah. Well, just because they because because it was fun. We would all just like hang out and just like shoot the shit like, for a really long time. Um, 
And, you know, every once in a while, there'd be a certain Spider-Man 3 apologist who would uh, harsh the mellow a little bit. But otherwise, it was a good time. Fuck that guy, first of all. Second of all, I I, um, I was going to say, I am totally here to be your Spider-Man 3 apologist if at, all, at no, any point no, you need you can it. like that movie, that's fine. It's just that guy was the worst. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah, that was just um, the, the quickest shorthand so that Andy would know sure. exactly who exactly I was talking who I was about. Talking about. Yeah. <laughs> because fair, that was a fair. that was such a that was 95% of this particular person's personality. <laughs> that and he would wear Bazinga t-shirts. Well, that was uh, the other 5%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Nate was in charge of it with uh our, our good good friend Tyler and then uh Jordan and I took over after Nate and Tyler rolled out. And it was a it was a good time. We got liberty to buy us comic books and like pizza. Yeah, that was pretty bunch. weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we, we actually succeeded to... in squeezing money out of those assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as soon as I graduated, uh, Liberty defunded the club to fund another pro life club. Oh, they're oh, they're, no, they're, they're, not... they're fifth, I think. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah, there were so many pro life clubs. There, there were a like... lot of pro life clubs. Why did they? It need was more really than awkward one. having our table next to like. A bunch of pictures of <laughs> yeah. like mangled fetuses and stuff. Yeah, because there'd just be this like, row where all the clubs would come out and like promote their wares, and it would just be like, if you think Israel should be able to do whatever the fuck they want, then here's the t-. and then it'd be like, hey, if you don't support color. Israel, you hate God. Yeah, and then right next to be like, hey, comic books. Then right next to it'd be like, this is what a fetus looks like when it's sucked out with a vacuum tube. It was like oh, such a, a weird bit of like we so didn't belong. <laughs> no, we we're just like, yeah. Do you guys want to like meet up and like play some board games and talk about this like this MCU thing that's just started? It's yeah, neat, oh right? yeah, that's that's true. That was pretty like that part of it was pretty magical. Like right yeah. when the MCU first became like a big thing. Uh, Us in our little club, the little club that could. Yeah. Anyway, that's how Nate and I know each other. So now we're going to talk about this weird comic book show that (laughs) half of us watched. (laughs) And I have like a fever dream memory of. Hey, I watched it all on IPTV, baby. Can I make a suggestion as we dig into the cape? You sure can. Can we see how much Andy remembers? It's going to be a fun game. Do you want to do the introduction? Can, can Can I do the recap and just see how right I am? Uh, yeah, <laughs> why not? Okay, here, we'll, there's we'll, no way that this could make for bad podcast we'll content. We'll do this like an old comic book club meeting, Nate. You just interrupt me every time I'm wrong, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so standardly attractive middle-aged white man is... 35 years old, but go ahead. Is Is a soldier or a cop? Both. He, he, he's both, all right. Nice, okay. Nice, 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 so nice, nice, nice. He gets framed for a crime he didn't commit by one of the villains from the Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> okay. And he gets injured. And uh-huh. then his wife, who is an attractive blonde woman, cries quite a bit. Okay. And he gets rescued by some, like, sewer carnies. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) One of them is the little person from the first two Pirates of the Caribbean movies. From all of them? He's still in all those? He's in all, like, six? Martin Kleba is the only, one of the only members to be in, one of the only cast members to be in all of them so far. Dang. Jesus, good for him. Get that paycheck, Martin Kleba. Yeah, those movies suck, but make that paper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, 
So one of them is that guy. The other one is Goliath from Gargoyles. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, other, other things, things as well, but yes, leg- <laughs> okay. legendary actor of the stage and screen, Keith David, you're right. Yeah, Goliath from Gargoyles. I, I said <laughs> what I said. That's his most attractive role. Well, you're not wrong there. <clears throat> um, We've just, uh, you know. And they're like, hey, you're a soldier cop man. You should learn carny superpowers and help us with our crime because we're a crime circus like in Hawkeye shit and he's like I really just want revenge though and the carnies are like why don't why not both por que no los dos get you some get get us some money get you some revenge so he like does like a bunch of crimes with them and there's a training montage where he learns um like tightrope walking and I think hypnosis, like like mind tricks, like he learns like Jedi mind tricks. But the main superpower is he gets this dope ass cape, mm-hmm. which has ill-defined powers, <laughs> yeah. but it can be as big or small as he <laughs> needs it to be. And he uses it in numerous ways. And then he starts to get his revenge on the bad guy from the Count of Monte Cristo, who is not Guy Pierce, the other one. And then he fights a crocodile man. <laughs> yeah. And Summer Glau is there. And what am I even here for? What am I even she's here a hacker? for? If he's... <laughs> is what she a hacker? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Information liaison kind of thing. I mean, she says I'm in a couple of times, so I assume she's in. I watched this in 2011. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's January like of 2011, too. This was this was on forever ago. What year is it? It's like 20, 2019, right? Yeah, yeah, it's almost 2020. I it's, watched. It's been 2016 for like 17 years. I watched I know, this like 10 whole ass years ago, and that's what I got. I, well, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, it sounds like Andy knows exactly what happened on this show. So, I mean, so let's we can all not be mad at Andy then for not watching it this time. We're I only mean, mad at Evan, right? Roddy, are we allowed to like clarify some things just yeah, here and may, there? May I, I think it's important, it, if only to address characters. Yes, and what what we should call them moving forward. Yes, <laughs> we we're in Palm City, USA, um, and. Our protagonist is Vince Faraday, played by, uh, well, I mean, NBC.com puts in parentheses, like, the the biggest credit they can pull for him when they're saying, like, oh, here's where you know him from, is from, like, a four-episode arc on ER, but I assume, Mm. you know, he's got some other things going on. His name is David Lyons, and he is a very Australian man doing his best to do an American accent. Uh, God bless him. I love that. Uh, his, His name is Vince Faraday. He's... He's he's a cop and there's a, a super villain slash serial killer named Chess who's guess what his theme is. And he uh, is is just blowing up uh, police commissioners left and right. And uh, like it's one all, does <laughs> as one does. And uh, it's all it's so there's so much violence that the mayor has asked uh, a billionaire named Peter Fleming to bring his like Blackwater style like corporation that 
it has like a securities firm called Arc uh, to come in and privatize the police force. Uh, and Vince gets offered a job to become sort of like this corporate cop. But like the first night that he's on duty, he gets an email from this mysterious uh, like anarchist named Orwell who uh, says, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and then also like not what Orwell is about. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like. I'm sort of like watching you and I'm everywhere, but that's also kind of a thing that Orwell didn't like. Yeah. It's yeah. But that's what, much... that's what an internet man would think would be a clever name. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Someone who'd taken like an English class, perhaps in college. Someone who had um, heard of 1984, but not actually read it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Orwell sends them this message that says, here's a bunch of uh, crooked shit going on behind the scenes. And Peter Fleming uh, who wants you to work for him actually like sm- is smuggling in the uh, the gas that was used to blow up the police commissioner at the docks. So you got to go to the docks or to the train yards or some shit. Uh, Why'd you get to smuggle and, uh, gas? I don't know. That's a, I mean, uh, yeah, look, it's just I know it's, just- it's everywhere. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, a comic book gas though. It like, It'll blow you up, but it'll also do some weird shit where it's like hard to breathe before you blow up. And the windows have been rolled up in the car that you're a police commissioner inside. Uh, It's just a whole thing that'll happen to you. Uh, And uh, so it turns out when he asks his partner to back him up, his partner is corrupt and the art guys kidnap him. It turns out Gasp, Peter Fleming and the evil villain Chess are one and the same. Uh, And so he decides to frame uh, Vince Faraday, this this honest cop, for, as as chess, so he staples the chess mask onto his, the back of his head and just says, "Run!" and my my soldiers are going to get you. Uh, and so they like blow up a box car that he like slid under, not realizing that it leads directly into, as Andy mentioned, the uh, layer of the sewer carnies. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not super clear on where anything is in this city, like what district is where or like how anyone gets in and out of anywhere because everything is just cut to them already in a place. But they are like, we should kill you. And then he says, no, because I'm a cop and a soldier, I actually have all these access codes that will let you rob any property that's being protected by Ark. And so the circus of crime, the very like uh, low key carnival of crime is going around doing these crime sprees, like wearing a bunch of Tim Burton outfits and stuff. Presumably very easy to track because they also have public shows for the carnival like that anyone could just yeah, go I to. Was, so I was going to wait till you were finished, but I was going to ask these sewer carnies, are they performing exclusively for other sewer folk or are they regular human carnies performing for humans. They're not like the Morlocks. They don't exclusively live in the sewers, but they like mostly live in the sewers. They spend a lot of time in places that seem sewery, and yet they also have like a big top, like like carnival area that's above ground that people seem to be hanging out in. So and then like there's always like a much bigger circus that like don't they don't talk to anybody else in the circus. Like there's the main core circus people. Oh, so there's regular circus people. Well, there's like just like your your garden variety circus people who are presumably just like employees of the carnival who don't do crimes and don't have like wild like mesmerism abilities or like, you know, master escape abilities or things like that. There's just like aerialists also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I guess he gets tired of like getting back at Peter Fleming by just stealing from him. So he says, I want you to train me to be uh, a uh, a warrior against uh, from the shadows, like against Peter Fleming and the Ark Corporation. And then Keith David's like, well, it's funny you mentioned that because I've got a spider silk cape uh, <laughs> that's CGI uh, and it'll go as long as you need it to go. It's very strong. If you properly tense like the wrist or something, you can choke somebody out, but then you can also slice heads off of mannequins. Um, it could be an extension of your body if you want it to. It'll help you creep uh, into your son's window. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's lot. the other thing, too, is that. The cape in the world of this show is a pre-existing comic book character that Vince Faraday reads the adventures of prose style with his son before he goes to bed every night. Hmm. So that's like an extra layer that no one wanted. And and so he like finally realizes that Orwell, that Summer Glad was Orwell just because she's got a bunch of I am Orwell like pamphlets on her when he like chases after her uh, when he's like interrupting a uh, showdown with Peter Fleming's goons. Uh, and then he gets into a fight with um, the crocodile man that Andy mentioned. It's Vinnie Jones uh, uh, called Scales. And he's got like just a little bit of like paint on his the back of his hands and his face uh, to be sort of like a, a gator man. And um, and then that's basically it. oh they and they think that they 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 somehow figure out that the carnival of crime is involved in some way so they kidnap Keith David and try to interrogate him but then he uses a smoke pellet to get away but they shoot him and then he gives a speech about how he's going to die uh, but then he doesn't die and he's part of the cast. Well, yeah, when you have Goliath from Gargoyles, you don't just let him go. <laughs> that's uh, and where then, the money is. And then uh, it's and then he 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 realizes like I, I I've lived my 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 family can't know that I'm alive, so he shows up at his son's and his son's like eleven and he shows up and he's like hey you read the comic book that I'm in I'm the comic book character from the comic books you like your dad told me to tell you he's fine and that you should like eat your vegetables and he misses you very much, uh, and he doesn't tell his wife anything and that's the end of the first episode I think. Unless Ronnie, unless you've got something else you want to throw in, no, I, I that, think that's that, about all that I can covers do. it. I mean, there there is a there is a second episode um, that we that, that we definitely watched. <laughs> the the, the, the veil has been crammed into one episode. I gotta be the, honest. Yeah, but like, but they get into it pretty quickly in the pilot episode. <laughs> they do. Like, they, they don't do. spend to their credit. They don't. They like this is only like all the setup is like fifteen minutes, and then we're like to the meat of things. Like before, we're even at the halfway point, so right. I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, episode two, like a lot of the groundwork is laid in episode one. Episode two, they're just trying to take over the prisons, the same company that took over the uh, police, and there's like one like council person um, who is like, yeah. "No, you can't take over the prisons," and it's all about trying to keep him from getting poisoned. Um. Oh, yeah, because they introduce like it's an Assassin's Creed, like uh, it's like this awful Assassin's Creed kind of like ripoff thing yeah. where there's like this assassination organization called Tarot and uh, like everyone who's a member of the organization has tattoos. It's kind of a cool idea. It's like a cool world building idea, but yeah. they don't really do anything with it. But the guy, he's he's known as the tower within the Tarot organization. And he's like a master of he's a French former chef who just decided to start poisoning people instead of giving them good food. He's also a knife guy. 
Um, <laughs> a knife man. And, <laughs> and then they also like sort of like go into this idea of like the wife thinks that the son is in denial because he keeps saying the cape is sh- sh- appearing to me and he says dad's alive and didn't do any of the things and and then the mom is rightfully like well people deal with loss and trauma mm-hmm. in Time different ways <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there's also this weird background where she's like decided to change her last names so that she can interview for jobs without the shame of being like the widow of chess the the murderer like following her around and then she like decides she gets a job as a public defender and then she decides no i'm like i i like my my husband is 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 good and i think he's good in it and i'm gonna fight for the people of the city as much as i'll fight for his innocence and the district attorney's like okay sounds good um and then i don't know exactly what like they make it seem like he like this prison commissioner guy can only be poisoned at like a specific time but it's like he could just be poisoned anytime so why are you acting like or only be poisoned like there's yeah there's lots of ways to kill people yeah it seems like it's just the fact that this guy likes poison right but we've also seen that he likes knives too so i don't know why (laughs) you know 50 50 poison knife he likes animals he's got all kinds of monkeys and birds like going on in his uh his, his den um, oh yeah, and they're playing this evil accordion music because he's French. <laughs> so they play like they play like Little Mermaid, <laughs> Sebastian trying to escape from like the chef's music. <laughs> while every time he's like testing some poison on like a, a macaw or whatever. Yes, and yes. then they they like they have a flashback where Vince reveals that he did some things overseas that he's not proud of. Which of course you got to throw that in too. Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, yeah, and I mean. That's and I guess the, oh and he he for a while Max uh who's which is the name of Keith Davis character Max Molini his mentor says you're you're too addicted to the cape the cape's bringing out a reckless side in you you should just take these tickets I bought and take your wife and son out of town and you'll be fine which is kind of a good point mm-hmm. uh but he says no 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 my I can't teach my son to to run away that it's okay to run away from a fight uh, I instead have to teach him that his comic book character came to life and is friends with his dad. Uh, and he and so he takes it. He's like, you're not ready to have the cape right now. You got yourself poisoned. You played yourself. You, you got to go do your own thing. So he goes off and like starts being a vigilante without the cape, just wearing like a little domino mask and a hoodie. And then he like starts just giving himself little bits of poison. Princess Bride style to build up his immunity to it, I guess that doesn't really come back. Incidentally, no. that's in the vast majority of cases not how poison works at all. Yeah, I, I that felt wrong to yeah. me. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm no toxicologist, yeah. but uh, yeah. So I think that's and and it's and and like Peter Fleming the whole time is like I got to get control over everything, and he's and he's like playing, and I think they start to indicate that he's like actually got some kind of like um compulsion to be chess and to talk about things in terms of chess and it's not just like a persona but it's it's not really clear on whether that's what's going on or not yeah that's that's kind of it basically that, that's kind of it that was very in-depth Nate thank you so much <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm getting some vibes but I'm gonna do since Ronnie has been uh, burdened jointly with Nate uh, with the terrible knowledge of this show uh, I'm gonna do the Ronnie thing and I, I'm sure. gonna I'm going to ask 
you guys and to a lesser extent Andy uh is it working for you so far let's start with uh let's start with Nate Nate is the cape working for you uh no it sucks <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you Nate Ronnie yeah is the cape working for you it, it kind of is <laughs> yes i wanted the ex- i was promised the full ending pending experience and i've well, got it well done, ronnie <laughs> yeah yes i don't know this it's is the normalcy that i crave yeah it, it i don't know i i think I, I literally wrote early in uh in episode one this is a good show <laughs> <laughs> well Shit. but 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 ronnie that's the is- thing. but here's the thing ronnie in your defense I, I I kind of get it, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, I think I said, I like, back when y'all were even, I don't even know if y'all had even put episodes out of the show. I said, like, the cape was the first thing that popped into my mind of, like, that would be fun to talk about because I, I, I know that show only got one season because I was kind of rooting for it when it came out. Anybody who's trying to do, like, a world building, like, to create, like, some kind of cool superhero universe that's, like, an homage to stuff that came before but is its own IP... Like, I'm rooting for you if you're trying to do something unique outside of, like, you know, established IP that the big boys are doing. Because Arrow came out, like, a year after this and was just as shitty for most of its first season. Whoa. And that is a (laughs) hot take. I don't know that it is. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You're probably right. I'm just saying like Arrow got but people gave Arrow more of a chance because it was an existing IP and the thought of like oh we're going to get Jester we're going to get this and that was like baked into the premise but with this if people had had been like you know what there is some cool like kind of a little robocopy like there is like some legitimate like anti privatization of the police force you know like Keith David and James Frain the the um bad guy from Count of Monte Cristo uh, are <laughs> Are are good, you know. The, the the music is pretty good. Bear McCreary from The Walking Dead did the music for the uh the show. There's some like world building potential. Uh, so there is like the bones like of a good show here. But that's where we differ, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie's uh has like a composition book, and it has little hearts with bubble letters in it, and every page says, "This is a good show." <laughs> I love it. Andy. Yes, my dear. Um, you know this show that you watched in the year of our Lord 2011, which was <laughs> I, vague, um, I vaguely several, know it, which was several decades ago, in fact, because time <laughs> is meaningless. Um, ha- how'd you feel about it? How'd you feel about that show? So I have quite quite a bit of memory of the first episode. I have no memory of episode two. So I'm going to say that I stopped watching back in 2011 after episode one. So I I don't remember it being very good, and I remember not watching any more of it. So, well, there you have it, folks. There well, Evan, let me ask you: Do you want to watch these two episodes now that we've described them to you? I very much do. Yes, I'm very intrigued. Well, then maybe there's something there. Maybe I, I'm not giving it enough credit. I do love shows that. Uh, circle back around into being hilarious because they're like bonkers. So uh, there are might... definitely some of those moments. It's yeah. not like it's yeah. not so earnest that it's like 
just kind of passe. Like there are definitely moments where it's like, this is off the walls. I, I distinctly yeah. remember being really excited about the premise of an original superhero show with a bunch of like carny lore. Like that seemed really cool to me. And the fact that he was like doing crimes, but also was a hero because there were corrupt people in power. Like as someone who loves the Robin Hood mythos and like, as has read a ton of Robin Hood books and like Screen Arrow, I was like, man, this sounds rad. Like, I am here for this. And then I remember watching it and thinking, this is kind of shitty, isn't it? <laughs> These like oh, carny based wow. powers are not nearly as cool as I thought they would be. Yeah. Like, yeah. it, it should have been. Like a bunch of like tricks, like like danger stunt tricks. And I feel like it wasn't. It wasn't. It totally like, wasn't. He should have ripped a phone book in half and then yelled some Old Testament scripture out like he was on the power team. I thought you were you were building up to a power team reference when you mentioned <laughs> oh, <laughs> ripping a phone oh, book in half. Oh, of course I was <laughs> building up to a power team reference. I don't know what oh. this is. Oh, oh, oh just be happy. Evan. You fundamentalists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, we've got like we got some weird shit going on in our in our like uh, media, the the fundy stuff. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, boy. Sure. All right. Before we get I too had, much wait, wait, too wait. further. I had a friend who got saved at a power team rally. Yes. So, <laughs> oh. I had a friend who asked me to go down front with him at a power team rally because he accepted Christ after a guy bent some steel rebar with his fucking throat. So yeah. there was something going for the power team. You know, the oh, pagans the 90s can do were, that, right? were great in a way, weren't they? <laughs> like the pagans can also do that. That's kind of a thing that they do. No, it's act. the power of Christ. No, okay. it's the power of Christ, Evan. I'm sorry. If someone else can bend a steel rebar with only their throat and they're not using Jesus, then what is, what are we even here for? Yeah. I mean, they, they had licensed comic books where it would be these muscle bound, just morons who would be walking around in like a bad neighborhood and someone would try to mug them and they'd be like, I could beat you to a pulp if I wanted to, but let me pray for you instead. And then they'd be like, your, your stupid prayers mean nothing. And then all of a sudden, like a cool holographic angel would like appear behind them. And then the cops would think they were crazy when they were in jail, when they went and turned themselves in for their crimes, because you don't need muscles. You can rip a phone book in half if you want to, but more importantly, you have the power of prayer. Beautiful. Let's get saved. On that, on that note, uh, let's 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 take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Let me just check it. Oh, it's the power team. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they're giving us money now. Those fools. It's just kidding. It's a great John Lunalet Network's family of products. Hey, Reed. Hey, Brittany. Hey, all of you out there in podcast land. This is what you call it. A podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of nerdiness. Here's what people are saying about it. Oh, have you heard of the what you call it? Hey, that, that is my favorite podcast it is right now. so good. It is better than a tater tot hot dish. Well, I can't believe that for a second. You know, it's one of those big Midwest fancy things. A Midwest fancy thing? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but okay, yeah, that's but what yeah. it is. <laughs> you're gonna love it, though. Oh, you're have, just gonna love have it. Have you heard 
Brittany talk about being from California. Have you heard Reed talk about being from the Midwest? Well, I never. And for crying in the soup, would you just listen to the the show? Don't take their word. Take a listen to the show. Yeah, blah, blah. We're the show. And remember, folks. Your belly button is your old mouth. Listen. From LunarLightStudio.com. And we're back. Um, so let's let's dig in. We've we've talked a lot about some of the things that did and specifically did not work about <laughs> about NBC's The Cape. But so let's let's dig into what what worked for us about these two episodes. Concept. Of the Cape. Concept is good. It's a strong concept for a superhero. Yeah, I, I like. I I mean, I love some of the some of the homages to like classic. I love the fact that it's just Palm city USA. That's so out of like the DC, you know, uh, 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 lexicon to just have it be some generic, you know, it's probably on the West coast because of the palms or maybe it's in South Florida. Who knows? When you like said that. that name, Palm city, I was like, that sounds fake. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, it's it very transparently. They could have <laughs> named it like Elmdale or I don't know, something like that. But it was kind of like signaling like this is going to be sort of, you know, like a, a tip of the cap to a lot of like other stuff going on. Uh, yeah, the the basic premise. I mean, I love the whole like, you know, it's kind of prescient actually talking about like privatizing like public services and stuff and how, you know, and I like the fact that he's like initially like OK with it until he finds out that there's something like corrupt going on and and decides to investigate for himself hey dumbass of course it was going to be corrupt like (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly you don't Uh, get to privatize the police and think that it's not going to be woefully corrupt i maybe robocop doesn't exist in in that universe i don't know well like if the public police are already super corrupt and just doing terrible shit like all they need now is like a corporation to make them straight edge yeah, that's the thing is that they're not even making it seem like the in the show like okay, no, we're talking about what worked though. So yeah. the overall thing the the overall thing is I like the idea of like fighting against like a a, a an evil businessman. You know, it, it, he doesn't even really have to be like a supervillain. It's it's cool that he is, but the fact that he's an evil businessman who's trying to like slowly privatize all the public services and then they even say this is an experiment if this works here then it'll work in other cities so that's kind of like the the existential threat that's uh that's like the the big thing to worry about um and like some of the world building ideas are cool um the music is good keith david is is so great like even when he's got like awful like dialogue to work with he just sells it 100 percent. just like sitting lounging in in like a like a Queen Anne period chair with like a, a glass of red wine and like talking about all the potential to do crime. Oh, so great. Uh, and James Frain's pretty cool too. You know, he's been, he's on the CBS uh, uh, Star Trek show. He plays Sarek, the father of uh, Spock. And he's, he's like a, a cool dude. Which, which, which actor is he? James Frain plays Peter Fleming, the billionaire who is also secretly chess. Oh, it's the bad guy from the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, but, yeah, but who's not who got other, who's who's done other things in the last two decades is the point that I'm trying to make. <laughs> Has he? Yeah, like I like I just said, okay. he is on the CBS <laughs> Star Trek show. <laughs> he will forever be the bad guy in the kind of Monte Cristo who's not Guy Pierce to me. 
I mean, he's cool. Yeah, he's, he's cool he's, in he's that. Solid. That's. I mean, he's he's hardcore. There's that, in that bathhouse that scene. Mm. Oh, and the pistol that's not loaded. Yes. Oh, Ronnie, what, so good. What, <laughs> Ronnie, what's working for you, you think about I'd, the show? You think I'd make it that easy? Oh, great, great delivery. Oh. Good job, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, for me, it's just it's, it's a combination of what y'all were talking about. It's a good like. Um, we talked earlier about how there's a lot going on here, but it doesn't like drag its feet to get into it. Um, it is a lot of here's the character and you should care a lot about him, even though you don't really know him. Uh, and he's immediately going to go through a lot and, and hang on for the ride. Cause we're just trying to get through this real, real meaty pilot. Um, yeah. And I think for the, I mean, it, 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 it suffers a little bit from, you know, not being fully invested in this average looking white dude, but um, <laughs> it does. I think that, that the trade off there is okay. I, I prefer that to like having an episode long intro, uh, you know, origin story. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a scene in episode two, very right at the beginning where the, uh, he, Beats up a bunch of uh, robbers in a store, in like an army surplus store or something. And the shopkeeper is like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the cape. And he's like, oh, like you, you, you could work on it. Like that doesn't have to be what you <laughs> land on. Like it was like so earnest. And it's like, I love this idea that like this very grim, dark, very like earnest, uh, you know, dramatic character everyone just thinks he's kind of uncool even though he's doing really cool things he's just like oh the cape though really like that's what you're going okay i want uh, that's my head cannon <laughs> for this um love to see a bat cave get built love to see that in my notes i have he's building a bat cave cape cave cape cavern closet cape closet and i ended on cape cupboard <laughs> Because oh, I wanted to go nice. a little British with it. Nice. Um, I, I was just calling it the Cape. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a bit of a mix of consonants. Um, yeah, I, I I'm I don't know. It it the, the the city feels very generic. The bad guys feel very generic. Protagonist feels kind of generic. I don't know. I guess I'm just like enthralled with like the idea of this, like, like you, like you said, like being a new IP and building a world and being kind of on the side of what he is standing for as far as like the, the greater world sense. There are certainly things that are not strong uh, <laughs> about it, clearly. Uh, so we could, we could jump into that and talk about oh. what didn't. Oh, Andy doesn't us. get to talk about their. Uh, I'm their sorry. Positives. I thought you kind you no. kind of talked about it. God, Andy, what what uh what worked for you? I really like that you can tell that he's got this warrior background, but he's kind of down on his luck. Like he keeps getting in over his head and kind of getting outmatched. He he's not invincible, uh, even though at the onset you kind of think he might be. And he develops kind of a, like, buddy friendship, but maybe an antagonistic one with that older actor who um, is kind of 
maybe like not known for genre work, but is stepping into it. And uh, the twist at the end of episode one was interesting, and I'm kind of intrigued to see where it goes. And really great use of a blend of puppetry and CGI. And uh, Andy's talking about the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Andy's doing. Yep. <laughs> For yep. a second, I thought it was Arrow, but that is, no, it's, it's, it's the Mandalorian. It's certainly yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah, it's yeah. Mandalorian. I'm sorry. No one remembers what happened in the pilot of Arrow. <laughs> I shot the bow. He oh, killed yeah? a guy by snapping his neck, and he said, "No one can know my secret." Oh happen? yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I, for, I forgot he was killing people left and right, right in the first yeah. couple seasons of that show. And he would shoot tennis balls into cinder block walls, and he did the salmon oh, yeah. ladder. You know, I met Stephen Amell in 2012, right before that uh, that show. Everyone went to the New York Comic Con, and super nice dude. Lovable dude. Yeah, I uh, I met him too. He gave me a giant hug because I was cosplaying Arrow. Oh yeah, yeah that's his right. Meaty arms wrapped around me. It was beautiful. <laughs> he is a super nice dude. I'm yeah. glad that they let him like be have a little bit more fun with the role as the the show went on. Yeah, I'm also um, glad he's kind of getting out of it now. Like I'm interested yeah, to see where I he mean, goes. It's enough. It's enough time. Yeah. Anyway, this this shows. Like like I said before, I like the concept. Uh, I, I like the idea of someone masquerading as a superhero who's really just doing carnival tricks. Like, they're not actually superpowers. He just knows these tricks that look really powerful. Like, I think that's really intriguing. Um, the power team are not actually doing anything superhuman. Like, like Evan said, like pagans can bend steel rebar. There's no power of Christ happening. It's just, it's just a carny trick, but it looks really impressive. And so that is what I thought the concept was really going to be. And the show kind of doesn't quite lean into it. Like I wanted them to, but I love that concept. And, um, the music is solid. Uh, a lot of the extra or a lot of the side characters are really giving it their all, but, yeah, that's about all I have for positives from what I remember from 2011. Sure, sure. Evan, what do you, what, you have anything to... Uh, <laughs> what do you think probably worked about the show? Um, if you well, we can talk about The Mandalorian the if you want. Yeah, talk about The Mandalorian. No um, spoilers, though. I or can't. bring in another show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, guys. Uh, um... So, I will tell you a thing I loved about The Mandalorian, and it was <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it was how uh, you thought it was going to be a show about a stone-cold badass who travels the galaxy doing violence for morally gray reasons, but it's actually just about a man who's very tired and fairly competent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who's doing his best. He's just trying his damn best. Uh, And I love Uh, that about it. (laughs) I do love that. He just gets like fucking shoot up and spit out by this planet, but no more so than anybody else who showed up and was just like, I'm on a desert planet. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he gets his car cinder blocked. He parks in a bad neighborhood. and (laughs) He just gets reamed out by those Jawas, too. I mean, they just... Fucking light him up with those paralyzing blasters. I love it. It's very yeah. good. It's a very fun show. The I like lo- the dynamic of of um you know being very out of your depth in the situation, coming back to a a, a world that you thought you knew, 
but it, it kind of has been torn out from under you. And, uh, you know, everyone is is gathering together to to take, you know, take on this new task, this new thing that you didn't really want any part of. But through circumstances, you feel like you need to make yourself a part of it, even though it kind of goes against every like fiber of your being. Oh, wait, uh, are you back to talking about the cape now? <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually. Oh, what were we talking about? I was talking about the the best show on Disney Plus, uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> Is there a baby uh, Yoda in that one, too? There's Don't not. Spoil but I'm, the... Oh, well, I <laughs> guess the. OK, everybody we, we, knows. We, we have been we have been a uh, yeah, strong yeah. spoiler filled podcast since the start. Also, everybody knows that. Yeah, now. everybody like the Internet's just wild about the 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 Yoda baby. The Yoda, anyway. Ronnie, the what's, what's baby. where Ronnie? Where is High School Musical the series set on the timeline of the High School Universe? Like, it, what's going on? It with is. It? it is in our current day. Is it uh, one of it, those midquels? Does it take it's place between not a like one and two? It's not even a sequel. It is like paying homage to the movie, where people that were in the movie are like, "Hey, we should do the musical that was in the movie." Uh, at the school where the movie was filmed, because y'all have never done the musical before. There's, there's not, a, there's, I, there's not even a whole know, lot of analogs to like Zach Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. I don't. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I guess I need to watch this now because this yeah. sounds way more nuanced Wait, than I. So in thought. in the musical High School Musical, they're putting on a musical, and so, the original yes. cast of the movie has come back to perform that musical. Yeah. So so so. Stick with me here. They oh, in, in High School oh God, Musical, okay. they are putting on a musical. And that is High School Musical, the musical when that is done at schools. So this school where High School Musical, the movie was filmed, is going to do High School Musical, the musical, uh, as documented in the TV show High School Musical, the musical, the series. This is some wow, meta is like, shit. I'm, who yeah. is the showrunner? Charlie Kaufman? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So they're not doing the musical that's in the movie. They're doing oh, no. the musical that's based on the movie, but yes. as a TV show. As a TV. But but it's it's like very, like, you know, so, um, so Zephron, mockumentary. Zephron isn't. Wait, wait. It's a mockumentary. Yes. What the fuck? No, I, <laughs> so wait, I thought did it was not just get that. The, okay. No, I thought kids were playing like Zac Efron's part, Troy, right? Yes, but so, so no. there is no Troy. There's there's a Troy, but he's playing by himself. A, no, there's there's he's no Zac, Zac Efron. Efron. There's no Zac Efron. Okay, Zac Efron's dead. Continue. Um, probably no, maybe not. I guess no, because this takes place in our real world. Okay. I get, I assume. Okay. Is Zac Efron dead in the real world? I there honestly are two don't know. timelines of the okay. High School Musical, the musical, the series verse. Okay. And it starts now, and they diverge, and ours is the real one, and theirs is the High School Musical, the musical, the series timeline. I'm not doing it. I'm genuinely trying to understand. So. Okay, I've got the Wikipedia article for High School Musical, the musical, the series up. Let's figure this oh, okay. out. Let's put on a pot so, of coffee here. So, uh, so like, it's like, an American mockumentary. It's it's set in a fictionalized version of East High School, but in the world of the show, East High School was a real place, which was the setting of the original movie. And in this uh, fictional version of East High School, there's a group of teenage theater enthusiasts who are staging a high school musical, the musical, as their school production. So the movie exists. Right? 
Can you imagine the world of the show? Yes. Room oh, for sure. Yes, it does. It Can does. you imagine a studio exact trying, trying to, to explain the concept of this show? So the, the, the worst the musical, part is, is that the musical the, exists. Yes. And it was also a movie in this universe. Yes. But none of the movie cast is involved in this. It's new kids who are pretending to be characters putting on the show. So but the, they're, the new... The new drama teacher at the school claims to have been a backup dancer in the movie, but I cannot verify if that is actually true or if that is just like a line that they like use to like connect the two worlds. Okay. But it's 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 <sighs> it's, it's, it's all new kids. Yes. And they they are their own people, but they're mm-hmm. characters as well as they're the characters from the movie High School Musical. Yes. No one is performing the musical that was in the movie, though. No, but they are performing High School Musical, the musical. I really okay. loved the idea of getting the original cast of High School Musical to perform the fake musical that they were performing in the movie. That was I a better think idea. That would be very good. I no, that was that a much be better good. idea. They should have fucking done that. Um, this has been a backdoor pilot to my new podcast, High School Musical, the musical, the series, the podcast. Um, check check your feed for that coming I very do, soon. I do, I do think we need to have a spinoff show, at least like prestige, maybe split into seasons where we, just, podcasts. where we just talk this out until we, everyone understands what's going on. We just boil this on. shit down to its essence. Ronnie explains yeah. High School, the oh. musical, the musical, the show t- to two plebs on high school, the musical, the musical, the show, the podcast. Three plebs. Nate will still be there. Okay. I don't know uh, if I will be. Oh, I'll probably. Okay. Yeah. This is, definitely, this is definitely the kind of thing that I say. Uh, thanks. Thanks to our Patreon uh, listeners. But you know what? You're getting this one for free. I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm leaving this. You leave this in. in. This is great content. If you want to know the sort of shit that we're hiding from you behind the Patreon paywall, <laughs> it's usually this is a little sample. This is just a little it's, taste. It's usually this, but we're not talking about a high school with children, and there's way more. We're usually not safe talking, for work involved. Usually talking about yeah. furries. It's yeah. Usually far hornier. <laughs> did you leave the furries okay. bit in from last episode, or did you cut no, that out? Of it. Cut that Not out. very much. No. Oh wow. The furries. Yeah, d- the furries thing is behind the, the veil. Behind the veil Damn. on Patreon. A majority of it. Yeah. Maybe that could be our first. Like when we say, like, "Hey, if you, you want to see what you're missing? Here's some real explicit content." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, what the cake didn't work for us about NBC. Right. The cake. <laughs> I thought it was really confusing about how there was a character playing another character, playing a third character, and Zach Efron was but, there. But you know what? You're not a hundred percent wrong because in the world of the show, the cape, the cape is a comic book <laughs> character who's in the comics that Vince Faraday reads with his son. That's like their bedtime ritual. Yeah, that's really unnecessary. They read and it's so weird. It's like it's like no one would have had it's like they don't trust in 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 the world that they've created enough that they're like, you can just be a superhero. You don't have to be inspired by there's already a hooded cape and like a suit of armor that he picks up for some reason. I, I'm fuzzy on where like the breast the magic breastplate that he's got comes from exactly. But like he's already got this look, and then he's like Oh, well, the cape, the comic books that I read with my son. So that's what I'll style myself on. It's like, you were already there. You already had a hooded cape. Also, <laughs> like every, every person on this earth has considered their superhero identity at least once. 
That is true. Everyone's got a backdoor superhero identity that if the time comes for it, they're ready to fucking vigilante up and get out there. <laughs> That's true. So, like, uh, it could have just been his vigilante Sona. Yeah. He didn't need and to. And they could have started calling off. him the cape. Like, like they could have, like, the press, they usually in these types of shows, they just, like, the press starts calling him the cape or the hood or something. And that could, like, that's not so unbelievable to just have him, you know, be called that by the press. Uh, Ronnie, it sounds like you were kind of on the same page with me on this, but I felt like David Lyons, the actor, was very boring. Yeah. Yeah. The only interesting part about him is that uh, every once in a while, his Australian accent will slip, and <laughs> the, the the name of his wife in the show is Dana, and you just hear that Dana, and then he like bites off that R at the end, just like, a little bit too slow. He's like, I've got to save Dana, and just like you can tell he's swallowing it, and he's like, nope, nope, David, nope, that's not how you say Dana over here. Yeah. Also, I, why I not was... leave him with an Australian accent? Like, I'm pretty sure there are a few Australian people in the U.S., Anything to make him more interesting. And, like, if his background is he was a soldier who did unspecified, you know, bad things, TM, that I, or things I'm not proud of, you know, over there somewhere, then, like, you know, people are doing war crimes in every country. You don't have to be American to have done war crimes somewhere over there. I think it certainly lends to his, like, because we, and we have been on a streak of this, of watching shows where, the main actor, the, the protagonist is just like so good, just like down to their core. They're good. And even when you think that they're actually bad, you're wrong because it's actually they did good. It was good what they did. Um, I feel like that's where we're heading with this, like overseas stuff of like, yeah, I had to kill an innocent man to save a busload of children. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it was I bad, feel like, but if I hadn't, it would have been so so much right, worse, but right. I'm still like, tortured about it. We can't have any real depth with these, like, unbelievably amazing white characters. Um, these perfect, perfect, the, the Wolverines, the, uh, the, who was our, our character in Moonlight? Um, St. Saint jo- Saint John, Nick St. John. Um, we just have to have these, like, could not be more golden boys. And I think that giving him an accent, anything other than, like, a completely generic East Coast uh, America would make him kind of suspect. We're, yeah, we I think you're right about that. We wouldn't trust this cop who they say like, oh, the cops are so corrupt, but we know we can trust Vince Faraday because he's perfect. Well, another wild thing about this show is that they really don't trust the audience to remember anything nope. because there's so many like awful like cuts and flashbacks where like a conversation that we just heard like we get to we have to cut back and watch it happen again so that we can see him remember oh that's right they said over here or like when peter fleming is revealed to be chess and he takes off his mask and he's peter fleming they still cut back to like remember him from earlier in the episode and it's like yeah i remember <laughs> or like they they do this lingering shot where the 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 villain in the second episode smashes his hand through the windshield to grab the steering wheel to stop summer glow from driving away after the cape has been stabbed and they like linger on this very immaculate tattoo of the tower from the tarot set and then <laughs> she's like where have I seen that before? And she flashes back to that exact moment where it's just lingering. On the, and it's like, we remember all this. Like it, you it, went dude, out of your we way. Were there. 
Right. Yeah. In the show's defense, she is a hacker, so she was probably just like accessing the memory files back in her brain, uh, you know, plugging into the matrix and all. She was looking at That's her phone true. instead of at the crime as it was happening. Well, and 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 also something that I think like bums me out big time is just like the, the like I sympathize with anyone who's trying to come up with memorable superhero supervillain names now in sort of this postmodern like scape that we're in because it is like all the good names were taken like 30 years ago so like the fact that the names are like chess and he's like a chess guy and the cape and he's a cape guy scales and he's like an alligator man you know (laughs) Kane, and he kills people it's like it's got this very it just reminds me of like the um like the 90s during like the image comics era where all these creators were like trying to create their own versions of like X-Men and stuff but there weren't any good names so everyone's name was like shoot shoot and knife with a Y and just stuff like that you know <laughs> it's like you guys could have tried a little bit harder and 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 Chess is wearing these well, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet but he's wearing the contacts that have chess pieces yes. for the pupils oh, and boy. you can't tell that's what they are until you're really close it looked like he just had little cat eyes but they like fucked up making yeah. them or something and they're like oh that's like a knight and a bishop I think <laughs> Jesus. It's so, it is like the and then it's like a hat and a hat because he's got those but then he's also got a little like snake mask and like a, a, a real tight like red double breasted like leather yeah. uh, like jacket thing it, it, there's just too much there's a lot there's a lot even even when they put together like um uh Vince Faraday the cape's costume it is very much like going back to Back to Bible, as it were, but like you need the helmet of truth and the breastplate oh, yeah. of like it's just like all these different pieces of like all this magical stuff that that Max just has oh, laying around Jesus. the place. And it's like you need to be so encumbered by all of this nonsense. Well, Andy just and all- Andy just Googled and showed me a photo of Chess's chess eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty like I don't know how that made it out of committee. I really don't. The other thing too, Ronnie, is we kind of touched on like the montage. And I think Andy also mentioned like sort of the montage of Vince learning how to do stuff. I mean, for one thing, they do a lot of montages in the show and it's super unclear over how long of a period of time anything takes. (laughs) Like I'm super unclear about where everything is and when everything is and how time passes in this universe. But they, they do this montage where he, he becomes a master fighter after just going like into a fight with Martin Kleba, who plays Rollo, the little person who's like a real sawed off, like pugilist type character. Who's like really got a gruff exterior, but he's nice underneath it all. And it's just like the montage is first Rollo's just beating the shit out of him. And then he's beating the shit out of Rollo. And it's like, well, I guess he's a good fighter now. And then like the smoke bomb stuff, like they really love their smoke bombs on this show. Uh, and then, like, the mesmerism was the wildest thing because that doesn't, hasn't come back yet. But at some point, they're like, he and, um, like the, the, the carnival's resident mesmerist are like practicing mesmerism on each other. And then, like, the stuff they're doing is like making them wear, um, like lingerie against their will. Yeah. Mm. It's like a real weird, like, I mean, obviously it, it feels kind of like problematic now, but it's also like, I don't understand how that worked because you showed the person's eyes like dropping and meaning you didn't cut or anything. You just said, and you're awake and you're like lift up your shirt and you've got a bra on. It like makes no sense. Yeah. It's, it's 
There, it's there, so strange. There, there are is, like, issues of this show that I have that are just like, this is like a weird choice. And then there's issues that are like, uh, we, we've talked about it before. And I actually think we talked about it um, on an episode of Enter the Cage um, in uh, um, me and Andy's episode of uh, discussing um, the National Treasure 2, uh, where we talked about like legacy and and how. You know, that's a very privileged thing to really care about of like my right. name, my, you know, having I'm, my name has been tarnished. My my family's name. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. My my great grandfather was a good Civil War right. guy. Not a bad one. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there's a lot of that in episode two where it's, you know, she, the, the kid gets so upset with his mom for using a different last name. For oh, a yeah. Very he's so disrespectful. Reason. He's so disrespectful. He's like, you whore. Your name, your last name is Faraday. Don't you pretend that dad's not a murder man. And he like storms away. Yeah. And, th- and that- she's like, you know what? My 10 year old son is right. I should just roll the dice on having the same, the last name of like a, a serial killer. And, and just, if I don't get the job, then I guess I don't get the job. And it was like, I'm glad that worked out. That like right. the public defender was like, you know what? You're my boss now. You know, like I'm glad that worked out, but it like was so strange that yeah. that was like an arc a, they did. A Faraday's a fighter. Fight Faraday's always fight. I want my kid to be proud of his name. And it's just like there's like flashbacks about it. And it's just like, I just this is like this is not a name that I care about because this is right. like four minutes into episode two when you didn't give me a reason to care about this guy in episode one. Um, and it's just uncomfortable to be like, yeah, yeah, be proud of your name. Um, and that's the, that's the same reason why like he, he doesn't just take, uh, Max, his mentors, like tickets that he bought for him to leave Palm city with his family. It's like, I understand that you want to make some kind of grand like gesture and all this, but like, and then he also said, spend the whole rest of my life looking over my shoulder. And I'm like, he thinks you're dead, bro. You can just fucking scoot and get out of there and you won't be looking over your shoulder at all. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, lots of lots of strange uh, white man pride. Um, it was it was like they they knew that like okay we can't fridge the wife and we can't kill a child. We got to make this but, white boy scream somehow. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to give him like enough angst. But then, like, if we're not killing them off, then what reason does he have to not reunite with them? So we have to make it like man pain reasons that he won't. It's also it's so like. Dumb. If, I must shake my fist at the sky. <laughs> if you did run away with your wife and kid, the dude wouldn't go after you because he's going to keep right. doing crimes as chess and just saying it was you. Like, it's yeah. even better for him if you've left the city because then he can do whatever he wants in your name. Yeah. Yeah, so just, yeah. like, swallow your pride and get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We solved the cape. <clears throat> The other thing that like bummed me out again, which is like not uncommon, but just like I always hope that a show will do better is like the diversity problem of this show. Oh, Christ, where we're yeah. focused so much on this very, very white protagonist and his best friend, his partner is a black man who sells him out and betrays him. And, and, and then like, you know, hang spends time with his wife and all and tries to. Make it seem like he's a good guy, and oh, but oh, yeah, and he goes to dinner parties. Yeah, uh, I don't remember whether this happens. Did this happen in episode two or later on in the show? But he's he shows up and goes. Just thought you'd want to know while we're having wine and stuff. They found like even more evidence that your husband was a murderer. (laughs) And then his his wife is like, 
Why would you say that right now? <laughs> no. It was like no. they couldn't even they were like, well, the wife, like the writers are like, well, the wife has to say something at this point, right? <laughs> he's he's they're literally like enjoying wine, and he's like, just thought you'd want to know, but they found like a bunch of Cayman offshore Cayman accounts that show that he got money for blowing up the police commissioner and doing a bunch of crimes. <laughs> and then he's like, what? I thought you'd want to know about that. Right. It's a real dry Chianti we're having. Also, your husband's a war criminal. <laughs> um, well, that, that is, that is such a good point, Ronnie, because pretty much every person of color that we've seen so far in the show is, even if they're like a, a, you know, a good person in right. like the world of the show, they're a criminal of some kind. Yeah. Because but, or, I mean, even beyond that, like, yes, Max, I think Max is probably one of the more interesting characters. Like he is a criminal. Yes, but he has depth. There's a reason for it. He's like a leader here. But even then he's the magical Negro of of the of the show. And like just whatever happens is just like, oh, we got to go back to Max and Max will fix it because he is just right. serving the plot to move forward for this white character. And it's like, right. You had two options with two strong black leads and you just you just whiffed. You just whiffed so hard on both of them. Yeah, everything he does is like, like even when he's yelling at him or like trying to talk some sense into him, they like cut to him being like, I thought that would get you to, you know, smarten up and like do the right thing in the end. So like Mm -hmm. even when I'm trying to talk some sense into you, I'm actually trying to like reverse psychology you into being like a better superhero or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They should have given him wings. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's already a show called Wings that was a sitcom that aired for a long time. It's about a small airport. No, Lyle I mean, from George I mean, of the Jungle was one of the stars. I mean, that's that's rad. Heck yeah! But I great show. You, you had you had Goliath from Gargoyles, and oh you boy, dropped it. okay. I would like this show so much more if Max was played by like a Jeff Bridges type character, um, and just like lean hard into like the past is prime, but still has like some edge to him. And it was like the cape was a black character with a black family like that would be so much more interesting, especially when you talk about police privatization and things like that. Oh, and like totally. Not and, being able and to trust like, the police you know, or the po- private police and, and all that. Well, and not to get too into it, but public opinion being like immediately like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely the mastermind right. behind all of this once right. it's revealed to be him, you know, right. I mean, I don't know how much they would want to get into that aspect of it, but in 2011, like, probably not at all. But. Here's a picture yeah. of him in high school and he's wearing a, a rap T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they could I mean, there could at least have been like some kind of like they could they could have gone in that direction. I would have respected them more, yeah. even if it's maybe not like fitting the, the sort of pulpy like tone that they're trying to have. But yeah, I, I, I just I feel, I feel like the the problem with I mean, David Lyons being boring is kind of his fault, but also like the fact that they want everything to center on this very like law and order guy who's like a soldier man and a police officer and who's totally incorruptible and nobody who really knows him believes for a second that he could have been guilty of any of those things. It just takes like. It, I don't know, it just it just like does it would just seem like an opportunity to like have like the character be a little bit more interesting and they could have, right. right. You know, they really could have tried something a little bit more there. Mm-hmm. There is a point where he kind of w- sets up his cave and makes a 
knife throwing machine. Oh yeah. Out of a, uh, a, a baseball pitching machine or a softball pitching machine. I, yeah. He really, I mean, it, it plays into the fact that this guy is not very interesting. And when he is interesting, it's because he's a little doofy, which doesn't really work well for this. Like, Oh grim, yeah. Grim show. But he like goes from zero to 60 with like, all right, I haven't dodged a knife yet because I got stabbed earlier in this episode. Let's uh, let's let's go right now to the fastest you could throw a knife at my face. In fact, I'll make a machine that throws super fast knives at my face. <laughs> yeah, let's he just jumps this. a bunch of throwing knives into like the funnel where the tennis balls go. <laughs> it's nuts. It's, <laughs> it's just like you don't like. What are you doing? You're in this cave that you found, like. And this this abandoned train station that like ostensibly no one will ever find except spoilers. Max <laughs> Max Molini he stumbles yep. upon it later. So good job with your Batcave. Um, and he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna kill myself here, and it'll Ugh. it'll no one will ever find me. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's yeah. He's at like they don't play up like he is an idiot in a lot of like this well and then also like the like my big thing i don't know how you felt about this ronnie or you andy but the cape kind of sucks like like the way that they use the cg to animate it and the stuff that it it can do like it's really bad cg (laughs) and then it's just like as long or as short as it needs to be based Mm -hmm. on thing and then they just like they just so quickly he's like it's made from spider silk stronger than like titanium woven steel or some shit like that and don't worry and about it can, don't worry about it. it it works oh and he can use it to like and, and then like it's like they say like oh the slightest flick of the wrist he's like using it to put out candles at one point and to like grab somebody and like like hold like a grown man over like an overpass and stuff it's just like it's so weird and it's like surely just like a whip Mm-hmm. would would suffice well this is the precursor to medusa's hair in another famous ending pending show uh inhumans marvel's inhumans um, oh. it's certainly just that except you wear it on your shoulders instead of uh you know cascading down your shoulders um th- the the fact that the show is called the cape um like i know the superhero is called the cape but i was thinking way more that like it would be about the superhero and not the literal cape that he wears. <laughs> yeah, at, yeah. at the beginning of episode two, I have in my notes like this cape is like far more of a MacGuffin than I had thought that it would be. And then by the end of episode two, I was like, oh, no, the cape is the character. The cape is the protagonist yeah. of this show, the actual physical cloth that he wears. And then there's a portion yeah. of episode two where he just doesn't have it. And it's like, well, you're like, I don't care. Because the main character of this show is not here. It's a cape. Yeah. And he even is like, I am such a fucking like beta without this cape. I'm such like a, I'm such a cuck without this cape. <laughs> like, I can't do anything without this cape. And it oh. was like, and then and Max rightfully is like, well, then I guess it's a good thing I'm taking it away since like you've had this cape for like two weeks. And now like your whole personality is needing this cape to do basic activities. Yeah. And he doesn't really learn how to like do anything, like get by without the cape. No. That was a weird thing about the sequencing was like the first episode is look at all the ways I've learned how to use the cape. Then the second episode is like, I have to relearn how to fight crime without this cape that I've grown dependent on in the course of one episode. Right. right. <laughs> and there's no growth at all. But Max comes back and says, 
I think you're ready to have the cape again. <laughs> exactly. I'm, uh, I'm not confident here because, again, I, I, I did not watch it recently. <laughs> right. This is a pretty bad show. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds we didn't like even what talk I'm really about out of all this is this is a bad show. But but Ronnie likes it. It's working for him. We've already established. <laughs> Thanks, I, Nate. Thanks for sticking up for me there. Yeah. Also, I guess we barely even need to go into it, but Summer Glau is sort of like a real non-entity like on this show. People just yeah. need to leave Summer Glau alone. Just leave her alone. I mean, she's, she's great and I love her, but she doesn't want to be an actor. Just leave her alone. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Oh, there's this crazy line at some point during the... Uh, when he first discovers her and he's like, I guess his reaction is like, cause she's taking pictures of him while he's like surveilling Chess's men or something. And he chases her, knocks her over, sees all of these Orwell pamphlets that he just has on her person and is able to deduce that this must be Orwell right away. And then she gets up uh, and tries to tase him. And he's like, what are you 12? And then she says, uh, says the man who likes to wear a cape and wear his long johns. And, I looked up the ages of the two actors. Uh, in 2011, Summer Glau was 30 years old and David Lyons was 35 years old. So I don't understand what the point was. He was just like, you're a woman. What are you, 12? Right. Or like you've got a taser, something that only 12 year olds have. And like, which another major issue I have with this is that the they're trying to do, I guess, like a will they, won't they or some kind of like. Yeah unlikely like uh, uh, unlikely partners like some buddy cop who they don't like each other at first but they have to get along but the dialogue is so bad and the chemistry between summer glow and david lyons is nothing that part of it is like really rough and she literally only shows up like you know she's like the every superhero show seems to have like the you know person in the chair who's giving you your commands over the the earpiece and it's just nothing it's all nothing yeah Again, just a, you know, strong female character only here to serve the cape, the the super average and not that she's, you know, above average unless you ask Andy. Um, but yeah. Well, Summer Glau is cool. She just, Summer I guess, great. But the, yeah, this Summer, Summer, Summer Glau is cool, but like, just leave her alone. Right. No, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I think that covers it. I think that about. Uh, <laughs> stretches out across those first two episodes. I still think I like it. Um, <laughs> okay, but you know that could change. And uh, as I am, I'm very easily persuaded. So it it'll probably change almost immediately. But I'm I'm still giving the show the benefit of the doubt. I'm still like following the concept. I guess it'll just depend for me on when it fully diverges from that concept. And I don't feel like it quite has yet. I feel like it's a chance to come back, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, Nate, thank you so much for a watching the first two episodes of NBC's The Cape. That is, I can't can't underscore that enough. Um, yeah, thanks for doing that thing that we're supposed <laughs> to do on our show. <laughs> My pleasure. It is a bigger, apparently, a bigger task than we can uh, we can expect of folks. Um, I'm sorry that that came off as mean. I, lo- I love I love you, Annie. Hey, Ronnie, you, we've watched hundreds of episodes of shows. You have hundreds. You have. Listen, this is a good time Including to be like two like, of the Mandalorian. 
<laughs> Pending pals, sometimes life gets in the way, and as much as we love you, uh, we we don't owe you. You are you are our our closest closest fans, but uh, we don't owe you anything. <laughs> is basically what I'm saying. Unless you donate to our Patreon, you can find that Patreon.com. Yeah, you are. You are only allowed, you're only allowed to shame me if you first give me money on Patreon. Yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, getting back to Nate. Thank you, Nate, for being on. Thank you for bringing this wealth of knowledge, this wealth of of, uh, of lived experience with the the, the genre and this television show. Uh, anything that you would like to plug? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um. As Ronnie so graciously mentioned at the beginning of the uh, uh, episode, I am currently the co-host of Satan and Rainbows, a music history podcast that I do out here in Dallas with my uh, friend Jeff. Uh, we are about halfway-ish through season five right now. Um, we we kind of go through like niche um musical acts and we do sort of like a real deep dive on the discography do like track by track stuff uh it is not for everybody but the people that it's for seem to really like it so uh i i can say that in its favor um we are about to launch our patreon i would say probably sometime either right around thanksgiving or maybe the first week of december so uh, keep an eye out for that if you decide to listen to some satan and rainbows and then decide that you want to uh contribute financially um and yeah that's pretty much it for me oh i guess you can follow me at the nate zone on uh, social medias great great um you can follow ending pending at pending pod on twitter at pending pod on facebook at ending pending on instagram you can send us emails at pending pod at gmail.com and uh check out as i said patreon.com slash hq Lots of good stuff there. Lots of good uh, bonus podcasts coming out. Um, if you enjoyed our, our ranting about uh, Disney Plus shows, uh, there's there's more content similar to that. Uh, and also lots more content from other shows on the Lunar Light Studio family of po- products. Uh, shows like Mock Footage. Shows like Artificial Ghost Radio. Shows like... Uh, trans questioning you can find all those shows at lunarlightstudio.com oh you know what gang i'm i'm so happy to be on the show uh, i never really listened to like the last 20 or 30 seconds of each of your episodes but i was telling sure. my friend punch up all about your podcast um <gasps> Don't the you other dare. day oh the Nate, Nate, out. no 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 Nate. there's don't tell punch up lou Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.